Yo, it's the Raji Rabbit and Friends Podcast. should be great all right roger rabbit and friends podcast we are here again this time still rocking the video podcast so if you subscribe to this on itunes which i hope you are uh you can if you get the free time and you can actually watch us you can go to uh look for me on vimeo roger rabbit and friends just search that or you can find me on youtube as well and when you're looking on vimeo if you're watching this on vimeo right now um go ahead and do something to the tip jar please you can uh i'm not asking uh for much but it does help me get new gadgets if you could just donate 50 cents or a dollar something in the tip jar it's pretty cool it's a way for you to get the videos without ads like on youtube uh if you see an ad on the video and you think that's annoying uh this is a way for you to kind of escape that high quality video and no ads just support me support the movement throw that tip jar uh donation in there that'd be great here today mr matt alcobia hello how are you how you doing i'm good thanks thanks for yes. having me this is uh the one of the leaders of noise cartel records which i'm on and happy to be on uh, matt tell them a little bit about uh, about noise cartel records and how it got started Okay, so Noise Cartel Records is an independent record label which is focused on helping independent artists succeed in the music industry. Um, we, we, we keep the artists independent the whole way through, um, so um, it, it's not the same structure you have as other labels and other platforms out there. Um, we make sure you're always in control of your music and um, we basically just act as a widespread distribution uh outlet for you and help um musicians who don't have the business end of the industry tied up learn about that and get savvy with all the back end of the industry as well yeah it's been a really fun uh being a part of the team the team is growing uh ever so fast it's really cool uh why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the other artists on the label um we we have 15 at the moment um with a few in the back end who are about to be released that i'm working with um they're guys who are some of the most talented people i've ever worked with in my whole career in the music industry and um they're, they're just leading the way in, in what's going on with the industry they're they're at the forefront of what's happening with electronic music as well as straight on top of new genres that are out um even old stuff they're altering to you know evolve evolve with the times and make make that current so um not only are they uh talented musicians but they're all kind-hearted people too so um, that's that's the main aspect that I've been trying to work with and trying to sort of change the music industry a little bit is bring it back to um, based a bit more off of decency and respect and, and what music's all about and where it came from rather than what it's turned into. Now, you're also a performer, too. Matt goes by Dirty Disciple. So uh, Dirty Disciple, where did that name come from? 
Uh, Dirty Disciple um, worked in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, it was actually presented to me by my ex-wife. Um, I used to, I grew up as a Catholic and I'm still religious and that sort of thing, but I'm not going to church on a regular basis or anything like that. But the light version, the light version. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, it, it's like, um, I don't know. It's a bit of a play on words because religion, I guess these days causes a lot of conflict and mm -hmm. controversy and, you know, it's gotten out of control and out of hand in a lot of parts of the world. Indeed. And, um, you know, Coming from my perspective, I take um, like the message behind everything uh, instead of looking at the exact words in a book that people do. And um, I just, you know, sort of worked it around that way to okay. just say that it doesn't have, religion doesn't have to be about like, you know, being full on Nazi religion, trying right. to, you know, convert people and all this yeah. sort of thing. And it's more about just, you know having respect for your fellow man and yeah. doing, doing the right thing by people yeah so that that's how it's all it kind of about. started yeah it goes back to the religious roots that you had mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome cool i never knew that so learning some stuff today that's great that's what, that's what i wanted to do learn some things so um you know it's uh it's pretty awesome man what d lod's doing digital lizards of doom uh, i think i'm scheduled to be on one of his podcasts soon uh he was on mine a couple times, but uh, yeah, he's he's pretty awesome doing his thing. Um, how did you get together with D-Lod? Okay, so uh, Digital Lizards of Doom is uh, always surprising me. <laughs> uh, every single time I see him perform or hear him do something, I go, damn, I didn't know he could do that. <laughs> I get that. We, we just played at a festival called Eternal this, this past weekend, and yeah. he started, I think you... He played five new songs, some of the stuff that he worked on with you, uh -huh. which I've never heard. And um, there's one part where he started doing some dubstep stuff too. And I was like, damn, didn't know he could do this either. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he, he's got a, you know, he's pretty versatile with not only his musical ability, but also uh, his voice. Yeah. Um, so he, he's pretty talented in, in that area too. Um, I met him when, uh, a year ago, basically. Um, I was coming over to see some of my family here and look at the possibilities of branching Noise Cartel Records out uh, into America. And uh, this my, is from Australia, by the way. Yes. Um, my best friend is a tattoo artist um, here here in San Diego. Uh, his name's Garrett Newby. Um, I've known him since we were kids in school. What up, and Garrett? Stuff. So. I hit him up to see if uh, he could hook us up with like some gigs or if he knew some connections and stuff when I was coming over just to suss the industry out a little bit. And um, he said, oh, you should probably talk to this guy, do his tattoo work and stuff, and his music's pretty good. So uh, I got in contact with Gabe, and we had a meeting and stuff, and um, it, it all basically went from there. Nice. I mean, at, at the start, he wasn't really that interested in signing with a label. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, I think it was like, our second meeting or something like that, or our actual like full on meeting instead yeah. of just phone conversation, um, where we sat down and had a good chat. And um, he, he was interested in jumping on board once he heard the structure of it. Right. And he's actually been a, you know, a main contribution for us getting uh, a foothold in America and setting up here. He introduced yeah. me to yourself. 
Yes, he did. <laughs> and uh, he introduced me to some other contacts and stuff and got us going uh, here in the States. So, um, yeah, we owe a lot of that to him as well. Oh, yeah. He's awesome, man. So how was the Eternal Festival? I, I wanted to go, but I was gigging. I, you know, last year, I forget what happened last year or last time it happened. And uh, still couldn't, I couldn't make it then. I couldn't make it this year. That sucks. I want to. <laughs> I haven't been to like a fucking festival in forever. Yeah. Seems like. Yeah. It was crazy. Uh, it I was... missed Cross too. Cross Festival just happened in San Diego. Yeah, I missed that, that. That was a good lineup. But, yeah. That's like the was... stuff you see overseas. Yeah. But so Eternal was cool? Eternal was cool, yeah. It, it was um, bigger and better than last year's. Nice. Um, there was a good crowd of people, good entertainment. I think Noise Cartel Records had five artists play there. Um, John Noble has, uh, we did play it on his stage, which is in uh, the Ambient Dome or the Dome. And he had a good setup in there. And uh, we had that place cranking for hours. Nice, nice. Well, good. Glad to hear that went well. Good to have a presence uh, for the label at a festival, you know? Festivals are cool. A um, little bit, uh, what do you think about drugs and stuff, man, at festivals? I mean, are you... Uh, a little worried about that for like the youth. I mean, you said uh, earlier that maybe there was probably a little bit more than you. People were a little bit more fucked up than you like, because you know we all probably you know I, I, we don't knock people for doing anything, but uh, we do want them to be safe. You know. Yeah, that's so. right. Um, it, it's funny coming from a different part of the world too. Um, when when you look at you know dr the drug scene and stuff like that which is obviously a big part of the music and entertainment scene in general. Mm -hmm. So especially electronic. Yeah. Um, America here um, is pretty bad with it. Um, they're into all sorts of stuff and there's like drug racism and like there's people, <laughs> people who, you know, smoke weed that yeah. think like, you know, everyone who, you know, takes speed or like crackheads and stuff. And yeah. Like all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And they're all into their little thing, like psychedelics or like mm -hmm. uppers or downers or whatever. But um, um, it's uh, it's pretty readily available, especially at festivals. It it's not as like policed here or patrolled here. Yeah. Um, is it I'm, more patrolled over there? Yeah. In Australia. Oh yeah, yeah, massively. Really. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can, you know, people get them into get drugs into festivals and stuff and are yeah. off their heads at festivals all the time. But there's lots of big busts at festivals too. Yeah. And um, they have dogs out the front of festivals and they search you when you go into them. And wow. um, you got to be one of those lucky people who just sort of like cruise on in if <laughs> you're yeah. taking shit in there. So that's crazy, man. I don't know if I'd, I'd risk that. Um, if there was like a gigantic, you know, gigantic raid deal going on that's nuts so yeah, there's a little cops different a little different in australia then. cops and venues and stuff cruising around over there too mm -hmm. um dogs walking down the street they'll tell you to you know every person walking down the street they'll make stand up against the wall and they'll have a dog walk by and if they're if they're in a, a festival or no bar. just like walking down the street like downtown clubbing really yeah really yeah that's crazy yeah it's crazy that's <laughs> fucking nuts I never they heard do of that. uh they do um random drug test when you're driving like a random breath test and yeah. uh, they'll just pull you over and swab your mouth if you're on what? anything wow yeah so they, they crack down on it hard well, over there um, they're not like shooting people all the time though right 
Nah, yeah, you okay. guys shoot way more people. Yeah, we we kill them. You guys just kind of harass them, I guess, a yeah. little bit. We harass, then kill. So bad over here. It's crazy, <laughs> man. It is crazy. Yeah. Especially, you know, what's cool, crazy is like all of the, the videos that, and the cameras that are around now. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, that the cameras have never been smaller and more portable. We're recording with two small ones right now. Uh, and then we both have our cell phones on us, too. So, I mean, if anything were to jump off right now outside the window, you know what I mean? We could have multiple angles of the incident, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like right away. And, uh, and we could post it on so, YouTube. So, yeah, and, and, and then upload it pretty mm-hmm. much instantly with the phone. And, you know, you can make a director's cut with the, the GoPros, you know? And um, so it's nuts, man. A lot, of, a lot of video out there of this cops behaving badly and stuff. Yeah. Do you think that there's more of it? Or do you think that it's just getting caught now because there's so, cam- so many cameras? Um, I think, I think, um, like I actually, I was born here and Mm -hmm. I lived here until I was 18. And I think from the time that I left to the time that I came back, it got worse. Think so? But I also think society got worse. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's really weird because I don't know if things are getting worse or information is spreading faster because you Probably in the, you know, 1900s or 1800s, right? You had like uh, printing presses and stuff, right? So like to know about some crazy double murder that happened, you know, uh, you'd probably have to be from that area or around that area to fit to find out if you're living a cozy life elsewhere. Now, I mean, now the most insane shit probably still, you know, traveled like you have like jack the ripper news that that shit got like you know spread around and whatever but i think um i think that there's just more instantaneous access to fucked up shit you know that and i think that the so i don't know if the amount of stuff changed i don't think that society's worse i think that we're just catching it now you know i think that there's probably the same amount of murder that's been going on same amount of cops that are fucking over people that's been going on it's just there's never been this many cameras yeah uh, it could definitely be part of it. That's my, no That's my theory. That's my theory. That's my theory. There are a lot of cameras here. They, yeah. they watch everything. Yeah. It's, yeah. And then not only, you know, it's crazy. We surveil them back. They surveil us. We surveil them back. Uh, it's nuts, man. So um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and uh, talk back to some of the uh, musical influences uh, that, uh, that really shaped your music career. Because, you know, you produce music as well who are some of your influences um that's a hard one um i mean my my like music is in my blood everyone in my family plays music or is involved in music Mm -hmm. or has been involved in music um my main influence would have been my dad um he had had um, a band here in san diego and they had lots of bands here back in the 70s he had uh Kurt Stan big band and then uh after that when the big bands died out he had the Kurt Stan jazz band um wow and um he 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 played he's played at more venues than I've played at <laughs> yeah um so you know if there's a venue in San Diego that you can name right now that has bands or does functions or something like that he would have played there wow um so ever since I was five I went on every single gig he had wow um and, and just sort of learned the business from there and hung out with his musicians and 
you know, they, they used to train me in music and it just all branched out from there. But um, in the same perspective, like my grandfather is, um, he's from Portugal mm -hmm. and uh, he plays a lot of instruments. So whenever we go to his house, he'd pull out like an accordion or oh, wow. get me on the piano or the organ or a guitar or like a mandolin or something like that. Yeah. And um, he'd go from there, you know, and then my uncle has also had a lot of bands here in San Diego and still continues to hit the scene. Um, and, and I don't know, it's just, I've always been around music my whole life. So it's been everything from, from that just being like in me to um, listening to stuff. Like when I was younger, I used to like hip hop. So I listened to like old school hip hop, like Tupac and like old school Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know, like Rex in effect is like, yeah, <laughs> you know, nice. if someone asked me what my favorite song is, I'll say Rum Shaker just because uh, I like that. It's a great song. Yeah. Um, just that sort of, you know, those sort of guys, really, I used to spin vinyl uh, on turntables when I, when I first started out mm -hmm. and, and it was, you know, all that old school sort of nineties hip hop and stuff like that. Nice. Um, and then when I moved to Australia, the scene was a little bit different. I mean, hip hop's a big genre all over the world and stuff, but over there they follow more of what's happening over in Europe. So it was a lot of dance music and like new stuff that was coming mm -hmm. out. So, you know, the clubs and the scene over there were, were more so, um, dance music. So I got, I got into that area. And, nice. Um, you know, people who, uh, I sort of like, um, learnt from i guess here in san diego was uh dj crunk um and also dj am who used to work for my dad um like what, with dj dj am like the am dj am adam goldstein that the real okay yeah. okay cool he, he used to live here in san diego oh um, wow. he worked for my dad for his dj business and uh he sort of taught me a little bit about djing and stuff wow and um me and him were his two DJs really when I was 16 years old yeah, yeah it's crazy and then uh he moved over to New York and made it big over there yeah yeah <laughs> he was coming back to see my dad before he died like they were in contact wow so um him uh you know I've I've always looked at people like Fatboy Slim mm -hmm. and some of those old school like dance music guys mm -hmm. um Basement Jacks um Oh, there's a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I so, can't say I have like a favorite artist or an artist who I draw from. I just, you know, watch these guys and yeah. see what sort of techniques they're doing and what that, you know, listen to their music yeah. and then it gives me ideas for my own. I don't, yeah. even when I produce, I don't sit there and like try and copy someone's composition or yeah, structure yeah, or their sounds or anything yeah. like that. I, it takes, it's harder for me to do something like that and it's harder for me to remix other people's stuff than it is to just, Make be creative own. and do it myself so yeah i tend to just like you know it just let it flow yeah. instead of have having you know constrictions on what i'm doing exactly exactly um well uh you know um what do you think about um what do you think about electronic music being called edm because some people don't like it being called edm but i'm a guy that likes to to have a way to explain stuff to people you know <laughs> yeah i i mean you know i really don't give a shit 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, it's not that big of a deal. Seriously, yeah. like I got more things to focus my time and energy on than worrying about if like dubstep is classed as EDM or if, t if like techno yeah. is classed as EDM or some, right. some sort of right. underground genre. Yeah. There, you know, I just think there's, there's so many new genres that keep popping up and it's, it's hard. I, I like, I like a blanket term just so you can kind of know that, Hey, this is a, you know, I'm going to be hearing something that is, uh, that might please me yeah. because I like 12 of these genres, you know what I mean? Now there's a new genre that pops up in, you know, and, and if it was under the blanket umbrella, I think it's just a little bit easier to explain to people. Yeah. You know? I do as well, yeah. I mean, but, you're you're right. You know, there's new stuff coming out all the time. Oh my god! Well, dude, I, I listened to you uh, one of your um, uh, latest broadcasts. Uh, I, it was live. I was listening to it in the car. Uh, Lylt Radio. We'll get onto that in a second. But you were talking about you're playing a song by I think one of was it one of our artists? It's uh, playing a summer house song or something. You said summer house. Yeah, one of our artists, uh, Tesh Pekenya. Mm -hmm. um, he's uh, just released a song called Deep Blue. Mm -hmm. And it's in the style of Summer House, which right. is, you know, a, the new big genre over there. Yeah. <laughs> Summer House. I didn't know about that until just now. Well, until I listened to their broadcast and it was dope. It was cool. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about was just something else pops up. I mean, you know, if I happen to like, I don't know, man. it's just it's so, so many genres. Sometimes it blows my, my brain will explode. I'll be reading a blog and. They'll describe something that I hadn't heard before, and I'm like, God damn it, it's another genre. Uh, same yeah. as Future House. That's a new yeah. genre, too. Yeah. And that's one of those big ones. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But um, so LYLT Radio, tell me more about LYLT Radio, because that's pretty cool. Um, LYLT Radio, it stands for Love You Long Time Radio, uh, is a project that I started with uh, a buddy of mine, Ace. Um, he's wild, man. He's cool. Yeah, he's cool. Um, and also, uh, rock boogie who jumps in on, um, occasionally on certain stuff that we do. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, you know, I would look at what's happening in the industry all the time and analyze what's going on and mm -hmm. what's happening overseas and what the public's doing. And you see figures published and stuff all the time for record sales and what platforms people are doing, listening to or streaming from and all that. And, um, you know, 10 years ago, they didn't have things like Pandora right? or like all these internet radio stations and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, that was all real, real new back then. Yeah, everyone listened to FM radio all the time or digital radio or whatever. Um, but now a lot more people are turning to things like Pandora and, you know, even uh, SoundCloud, iTunes radio, um, internet radios, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, Sirius satellite radio it's all they're all branching away from your typical uh, FM radio stations and um, I think people are sick of hearing the same shit over and over and over and over and over all day long right and um, the reason I jumped into it was because I was talking to uh, one of our broadcast distributors um, they're a distributor for the major labels as well mm -hmm. and um, the lady just said, you have a second, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's happening with radio because I made a comment to her like, you know, you guys should stop playing so many ads on the radio and yeah. start putting more independent music in, on there and shit and stop like putting people's stuff on repeat all the time and playing the same song 10 times a day. Yeah. And it's to the point where you jump in the car and, you know, you can turn the car on and you're like, you know, Uptown yeah. Funk's going to be on right. every time. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> so um, it's hard for independent artists or new music to get widespread exposure or like break into that market. Mm -hmm. And um, she told me a lot about how radio works here in America mm -hmm. uh, and as well as other parts of the world. They're a worldwide distributor. Um, and she, she wants to, you know, she always sends me emails and stuff asking me how we're going and wanting to work with us because she said she doesn't like working with mm -hmm. um, some of the other major labels due mm -hmm. to the attitudes they have and all that sort of mm -hmm. thing. So um, working with independence is obviously a little bit easier and mm -hmm. better for them and easy. I, I don't know. Um, she just wants to work with more independent right. people, I guess. Um, and she gave me some insight on how it's all basically in America, it's all run by one company apart from some of your like local stations. Yeah. Um, they, they the iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Right. Um, those fuckers came in fast, man. I got a little Wikipedia of that shit because, uh, it seemed like it just began and it was just like this app. And then now it's like, no, they know they own everything too. And it was, oh shit. Like when did that branding happen? Cause I remember clear channel was real, real big. I don't know if they bought it. I don't know. Fucking something happened. I've been out of radio for a while. And, uh, when I left clear channel was like the big dog and they bought up a lot of the stations and most stations that you would go around to, you know, every market pretty much had a clear channel there. And every time you listen to a radio station, this is anywhere there's a cluster of networks. So you might have one building and in that building, which is owned by one of the, the companies, it, like Clear Channel or something, uh, then inside that building is, you know, the country station, the rock station, the, you know, the uh, urban contemporary station, the, you know, all that, uh, the pop station, it's all there. So, you know, it was like, um, yeah, it's not just a bunch of little independent businesses. When you listen to a radio station, a lot of people, think that and it's funny there's a lot of illusion that goes on with with radio and i think it's it's really cool uh, i loved it i remember the magic and i remember i had to what i call a kill santa claus uh, uh lots of times to people uh when i say that because it's like when you tell them you tell them a fact that they didn't know and they maybe didn't want to know because you know there's a, ma a bit of magic always to people that that listen to radio and I think really just watch any kind of product. You watch reality shows, you know, you're, you're in that zone. It's real to you. And when you find out what's, what the hot dogs are made of, it's fucked up, you know? But anyways, the, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, kill Santa Claus or hot dog ingredient moment for me, I used to uh, work for, the, uh, uh, for uh, Kiss FM back home in Evansville, Indiana. And uh, I would be at work. <laughs> <laughs> at uh, at the music store I worked at, you know, and uh, I would be on the radio as well. So people would get out of their cars and f totally flip out when they see me in the store. They're like, dude, I just heard you on the radio. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's voice tracking. Like I pre-recorded that, man. I got, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm not really there. And so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of magic to radio and a lot of uh, formulas to the playlist, you know. So it's is that one of the the thing the reasons that you went with LYLT and trying to do your own broadcast just to get you know unheard music out there? Yeah, I mean, like it all comes down to radio stations just basically being advertising companies. Oh yeah, it is not radio. It's that's yeah. just advertising, and you know they play stuff that's big, and labels you know pay them to play stuff right. that's big and that, and uh, it's just. 
they're, they're just trying to get ratings people tuning in because they're playing all the hottest shit in that yeah. genre or yeah. that type of market or whatever yeah. it is and um you know they can charge more for the radio ads yeah um yeah the more listeners you have the more audience you have mm-hmm. the more av- money you're gonna get from advertising uh yeah. and, and that's how it was broken down to me because i i like i knew it worked a little bit like that but uh from what like the people behind it tell me yeah. is that it's exactly all it is like it is money. their formulas are based around advertising and marketing yeah. and they're not based around music yeah the demo is the song that you make and this is something people don't even really i don't i don't i don't think anyone takes it into account when they make a song you know but it's like is this appealing to a woman 18 to 34 you know that has a kid a new kid you know what i mean because that's your great market right there you know you want women young women are the best demo you can ever have uh especially young women with kids because they're big consumers they buy a lot of stuff um they are going to be buying a lot of stuff for a long period of time because they just got a kid you know so you just get a kid and now you know that's just there's more and more and more stuff that you're gonna have to get you know new tv for their room when they're old enough to watch tv well there that's like pretty much right away people let their kids watch tv right away um but uh yeah consumers man it's nuts but the women you're very powerful if you're 18 to 34 and you're listening to this thank you very much i appreciate you (laughs) um yeah that that that's it you i mean it's the same as in in independent music and what our guys do and stuff like that they you know they have a target market that they they have to hit and you know if you want to have a good chance at landing something in a big way or hitting the charts or getting your music on commercial radio then you know make pop right <laughs> something right. like that but right um when, when you're passionate about what you're doing and yeah. you want to tell a story in a certain way yeah. or something like that you know or you want to share your art with the world then it's never going to get on there yeah. unless you can pay them a lot of money <laughs> Oh, you got to be so different that it's, it catches that attention, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's, it's, it's nuts, man. It's a fine line and this full circle this, of, of, you know, being so, so strange that you come all the way around and you hit that other side. And you meet who you need to meet to network to who you need to network. And they love what you do. And then next thing you know, your shit gets exposed to a lot of people. And then everybody starts copying your shit. Your shit then becomes becomes known, and there's more and more stuff out there that sounds like your shit. And then it becomes normal and the standard. And yeah, then it's pop. You're like the innovator for that new genre. Yeah, exactly. Though- like, like I mean, that's why like a lot of people um, hate like Skrillex. You know, not. Mm, I don't know a lot of some people just like to to buck the system you know but here's a guy that pretty much did it and did it so right so consistently that he gets hate and cat williams a comedian said something i liked a lot he's like you're not doing it right unless you have haters and i i love that saying i think that's kind of true as well someone's always going to kind of uh, hate on you but uh if you're doing something but that's very true in the world actually um i have to tell the guys this a lot because the bigger you get the more people try and cut you down yeah unfortunately society's like that people don't like seeing other people succeed like even your friends and family 
um you know if if you're there, there's obviously supporters and stuff like that which is how it should be but there's a lot of people in the world who will try and cut you down mm -hmm. that's where like all these trolls are and stuff like that you know yeah um you know those people can't be successful or don't want to take the time to be successful mm -hmm. at doing something for themselves so they're successful at knocking people down yep and the world works like that you know if yeah. th they'll try and take you out <laughs> yeah it's amazing how much people there's like a big pushback on like iggy azalea did you see that like she doesn't even do her own social media anymore because like she couldn't handle the bullying um uh, but yeah, it doesn't uh, surprise me yeah because uh because like there was a picture she was on vacation there was a picture of her with uh in a bikini you know and she's all you know i got a big well i mean i don't think mm. They market her like that. I don't think she really just wants to go around saying, I got a big ass. Look at this ass. You know what I mean? Like, maybe, okay, fuck it. She does have songs as big, big booty, but they got to be big. Fuck it. Maybe she does want to do that, but. Not as big as Nicki Minaj. But, uh, yeah, and that thing's fake or something, too. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, uh, she, yeah, someone saw, like, her vacation photos or something. Some, you know, photographer camped out and found her on vacation and. You know, she's got some cellulite back there, man. You know, but that she's a person. People have that. It's not like she's a superhuman, you know. And so, um, yeah, she was so bad. The hate was so bad on Twitter that she, I think she said, hey, I'm taking a break from Twitter for a while, like officially, you know. And uh, I think her people are going to, you know, mind her Twitter for her so they can post, you know, events and updates and stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's so crazy that you can be a millionaire and still be fucked with by the trolls that's it yeah if you ever win the lotto be ready to lose friends <laughs> <laughs> i wish i wish god damn i think that's that's a crazy sacrifice but i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah unfortunately that's just the way it is you know there's lots of that sort of shit out there and you just gotta ignore it really yeah on you. i mean people like that look for a response right and exactly if you give them that uh satisfaction they're gonna they're gonna you can't pay it you can't you can't pay attention to it but then again someone's gonna see it and go dude what the fuck do you think about this and then you'll be like man i gotta respond to it now because this other guy saw that he called me out yeah. so that's weird um fuck a troll <laughs> gabe got trolled when he started blowing up oh yeah yeah really wow all the label guys blasted him yeah yeah Wow, that sucks. Troll guy said sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Troll guy. Take care of them fucking trolls. So, um, I have a little uh, segment, and I like to uh, bring you on board for this one. It's called uh, We Read It on Reddit. So, We Read It on Reddit. Do you know what Reddit is? Um, not really. I've heard of it, but... So Reddit is like an online, almost like a newspaper, okay? So imagine uh, just a, basically a, a bunch, almost looks like Craigslist on the front. And you just, uh, article, 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 article. A lot of these are images, so you can search these and people just come up with them. They'll, they'll make a meme, so there's a bunch of uh, already famous photos. You see them on Facebook all the time in people's feeds. You'll see like, maybe like, motivational message pictures you know like or like sometimes religious pictures on people's uh, feed you know and it's just a picture with words on it and it's cool and they like it and they share it with the next person right so 
Reddit is so cool because it's almost like having your finger on the pulse of what's actually like new. So people will post something, it will get upvoted. You can upvote it or you can downvote it if it sucks. If you uh, go to any thread, because these are all like or all uh, Reddit threads, and so you have one for like Reddit DJs. So it'd be r reddit.com slash r slash DJs, and that would be the DJ thread. Uh, there's also a bunch of sub uh, other sub threads, subgenres like that too. You just search the main Reddit, and you'll find all the DJ threads. It's really cool. Anyways. Um, What's crazy about it is that they have so many um, trolls on here. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like fucking RPG into the woods. I'm gonna roll, like, I'm in a role playing game. I got my sword. I'm gonna go on Reddit and fight these <laughs> trolls, man. Because they, that's it. That's what it, you can be a troll fighter, or you can be a troll. You'll look, or you can just watch from a distance, you know. But there's so many fucking trolls on Reddit. I love it. It's so fun. Um, <laughs> So, one of the things that I like this that I saw that caught my attention was, um, uh, what is the uh, creepiest, most unexplainable thing that has ever happened to you or someone you know? What would that be for you? Creepiest, most unexplainable thing. Yeah. Did you have anything weird ever happen? Yeah, I I find myself in weird situations on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a weird one. <laughs> Um, I don't know. A lot of them are like right out there. Um, that's a tough question. I'd have to, I'd have to think about something appropriate. No, there's no appropriate. <laughs> this is, this is the internet, man. Everything's appropriate. You can cuss on this show and everything. But, uh, for example here, um, is there seems to be a lot of, uh, this one person here, this is one that caught my attention here too. And, you know, maybe people are being truthful, maybe people aren't. But this one person here says, was dreaming of explosions, fire upon fire, inferno, blazing heat, death and destruction, or woke up to a phone call from a frantic friend telling me someone just bombed the World Trade Center. So, I mean, you know, like that's crazy. But a lot of these are actually dreams from people. And I thought that that was really wild that, you know... uh and some of them are just funny too. Like some, some like most of mine were while playing Silent Hill. So uh, I just think it's a hilarious. So last Halloween, I went out with my friends to a club. Everyone was dressed up and stuff. So I went for a bit of a walk, seen a hot girl in leopard leotard. So I went over, chatted with her for a drink about five to ten minutes. We started kissing. I had my eyes closed, and I could definitely feel both of her palms resting on my chest. Then I felt another arm touch my waist, and I freaked out and stopped kissing. And there was uh, no one within a few meters. And she just looked at me confused. I checked, and she definitely only had two arms. But I swear to this day, I wasn't even that drunk, but I definitely felt three arms. <laughs> okay. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. That's fucked up. So I, uh, I guess I, I ended up, uh, I was in Thailand, and I ended up in a, in a drag show once. What? Really? Yeah, that was a bit out there. That's like, attending or in it? in it in it yeah how the fuck do you, you gotta explain that you can't that's, i don't know like i was backstage and there's were you like, drunk i don't remember a lot of it holy shit what <laughs> happened to you in thailand <laughs> I, you get messed up in thailand dude i know my, <laughs> my wife who's in the navy hello wife if you're watching hi uh she's uh she's uh actually on deployment now uh sailing around japan somewhere but um the uh 
she told me of her earlier uh, travels before we met, you know, and one of the times they went to Thailand. And, I mean, it's as wild as they say, you know. And uh, so that's that's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, you ended crazy. up in a drag show. Yeah. That's nuts, man. Yeah. There, I was, you know, I was backstage and there was fake guy tits everywhere and all sorts of shit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Yeah. That's nuts. Okay, so for, uh, let's see here. So, I'd probably say, okay, so a weird, strange thing that happened to me is I used to have people over to my house a lot back when I lived elsewhere, one of the first places I came to in San Diego. So, I, I had uh, awesome, awesome people. It was, it was, it was a really fun time. I, I did things I shouldn't have done. Uh, but I had a lot of co- company over a lot. So after I would get done just going out anywhere to any show, I would usually invite people back to my house. Like I was like, hey, come on over. We're going to have an after party, you know, whatever. So I had a roommate. His name is Sean. He's awesome. I would try to get him on the podcast. Sean collects hot sauce. Okay. Like, I mean, he collects the million degree burn your face off must use gloves to handle hot sauce you know and uh he just likes it he enjoys hot sauce he's a connoisseur of it sean would take advantage of the fact that i would bring over all these random weird people to my to my house you know and they weren't all sober i'll tell you that um and uh the uh He had this, we ended up calling it the hot sauce challenge. So he would actually ask people if they would like to try some hot sauce. And they would taste it. And most people would just roll on the ground, be real loud. Now, I'm in this house. This is crazy the way this house was. The landlord lived in the back. And he was this grumpy old man. So I was probably the worst tenant because (laughs) it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. You got people screaming because they're trying hot sauce. You know, and they're, you know, fucking getting their head under the sink. And they're doing all sorts of shit because they tried this hot sauce that blew their fucking brain away. You know, one girl got sick when she ate it, you know, went to ran to dash to the bathroom, threw up. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy, you know. So, uh, that's, that's weird. That, that's the weird store part of my life. And there's lots of stories from that. But, one day, <laughs> I uh, was told by somebody... That they were walking around downtown and they heard somebody say that they went to this house. <laughs> and there was a guy and it made them try this hot sauce and they fucking got sick. So randomly, <laughs> randomly, somebody I knew overheard some girls talking about the fact that they had been to my house, you know, and had this strange character of, of uh, trying hot sauce and all this shit. Anyways, that's how legendary that was. <laughs> I had to see people over so much and I don't know how many people. That was nuts, but that's that's one of my weird things is probably just not knowing how many people I've had in my house through that period of time in my life. Pretty nuts. Um, but uh, I've never seen a UFO or anything. Have you seen anything like that? Anything um, extra, extraterrestrial or or ghost? Um, I don't know. Like I haven't like seen a ghost like Casper, but um. There's been instances of like spiritual occurrences and stuff like that. Yeah, like what? Um I've been I've been with some pretty cool people who have been able to um 
I don't know, you know, just know a lot about my life or yeah, um, be able to talk to animals. I know a guy who's a, a shaman who can speak to animals and wow. he can like, get birds to come and land on them and stuff. What? And, yeah. Um, you know, he, if he was out in the wild with a tiger or something, he, there's guys who do it too. They go really? out and like, you know, that's play, awesome. play with wild animals or something. Or Dude, that's so sick, man. Um, but yeah, the, there's some pretty spiritual people who I know who can do some pretty wild stuff. And nice they can like access you in your dreams or in your meditation states and stuff and ah. um tell you exactly what you're meditating about wow. exactly wow so yeah there's stuff like that it's kind of yeah, crazy that's super crazy huh yeah so i'm reading on the reddit and it seems like a lot of people were really really dreams and and uh so you think there's something to that, man? I think I think there is something to dreaming and it being another way to communicate. And maybe we just don't know how to do it yet, you know? Like uh, it is for sure. I know, I know guys who study that sort of stuff. Um, what do you think about lucid dreaming? Isn't that weird? Like where you can control it or something? Like some people really try and almost like practice that. I'm scared to do anything like that because uh, I don't know. You hear all sorts of weird shit. You know, people wake up. Uh, I've heard of people waking up, and this is true. For a very short moment, they can't move because when you go to sleep, your body paralyzes you basically. Like it, it releases something. You actually are paralyzed, and this is so that you just kind of chill, you know. And so this uh, this can actually like um, you know wake up because you're lucid dreaming and stuff, and then boom. You're stuck, paralyzed for a little bit. That just even if it's just a little bit, that's too scary for me. Yeah, I, I'd slept on my arm wrong once and woke up and it was like dead and it, like it's weird. Scary. You can't move it and scary. You're, you're trying to wait. How far up did it go? <laughs> it was my whole arm. Your whole arm. Yeah, I had that happen. That's funny. I'm no 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 one else that has really had that happen before. So I was young. How old were you? I was pretty young too. Yeah, I was young and they had this fucking bunk bed that would pull out you know on the on the uh the bottom it was like a futon couch pulled out to a bunk bed well the two metal pieces that you would grab onto to pull them out you know those are just metal so somehow I'm, I'm i rolled over shoulder on top of that metal and and i was there for i don't know how long and my arm fell see i woke. i remember feeling uncomfortable so i woke up and i woke up and i got out of bed when i got out of bed my arm was just fucking hanging Hanging, <laughs> nothing, hanging. I got freaked the fuck out and I ran, floppy arm and all, you know, I ran to my mom and dad's room and I was like, mom, my arm. She's like, what's wrong, what's wrong? I was like, my arm. By the time I got done bitching about that and crying, you know, about that, like that, uh, you know, it was starting to get tingly and so she's like, she's like, oh, your, your arm fell asleep. I was like, oh man, thank God. Because <laughs> I thought I just like, I don't know. I thought I was dying. I don't know. Yeah, I, re I realized it pretty, pretty, quick like that my arm was asleep and that's what it was from <laughs> but it took so when it initially i was like oh shit <laughs> like my arm's fucked um but then it took a long time to come back too i was like oh you know maybe maybe there's a problem here maybe my arm's actually messed up <laughs> but yeah it came back but yeah that was really weird feels weird too like grabbing it and shaking it around you can't feel anything dude i never want that to happen again in my life um, that's, that's, I hate, I hated that feeling, dude. I, it scared the shit out of me. 
But um, yeah, so that's this. That's the one thread that I saw on Reddit that I liked uh, a lot the most. Is I like strange stuff, so that's pretty cool. Um, there's a lot of stuff on Reddit that's like photos, though. So like, I'll have to like throw some photos on this video to accompany it. But that doesn't make too great for a for an audio podcast because people are downloading this on iTunes as well. So. Uh, here's another good one, and this is just, you can click on Reddit if you guys don't know Reddit yet. Go check it out, it's pretty cool. So this one was a question someone asked, and they were like, uh, what is a song that you will forever associate with a TV show or movie? So I mean, it doesn't have to be out there or not safe for work. There's some fun stuff on Reddit, you know? Do you ever promote yourself on there? Um, I, I have, yes, uh uh-huh. And, uh, basically... It's uh, it's really fun, but that's what you got to watch out for is the trolls, though. Mm. You know what I mean? So you're kind of like, if you throw your stuff out there, it's kind of like, whoa, you got to be ready to, 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 to prepare for an onslaught, potentially. You know? So, I mean, I put my stuff out there. I haven't actually got really hated on any, but I also don't put it out there all the time because I'm mm. afraid to overpost. Because if you do that, then you might wake up a troll, too. And I'll be like, why are you posting, you know, that you put up a new podcast again this week, you know? Well, because I put them out weekly, motherfucker. That's why. <laughs> you know? But anyway, so what song do you have that you, when you hear it, you think of a movie or a TV um, show? Do you have any? Dang. I'll read you some of these ones from, from Reddit. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> some of them are uh, obvious, but... Uh, like uh let's see here fireworks by Katy perry uh they think of the interview all the time now when they watch that and that's funny too i think of that too when i hear that have you seen the interview yeah yeah so that definitely changed that song for me firework remember yeah yeah Katy perry uh uh i probably say the uh, eye of the tiger rocky that's for me you know but anyways there's a bunch of funny ass threads you should read that that one there i'll probably post a link to it to cut to the threads that i referenced today in this segment of we read it on reddit and as we go along i will probably in the next as i'm just getting people into reddit i don't want to scare them away from it because i have some threads saved that are like whoa you know but i don't want to scare people my listeners i want them to come to reddit and have a good time because it really is an awesome thing. Yeah, that's like cool. It. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. So now let's um, go ahead and focus on on the show aspect of things. Where? What are the next? When's the next time you're playing? Next time I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Um, off. Do you have anything at, lined up? Off to look at my schedule. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm trying to focus on doing a lot of shows. Uh, for Norse Cartel Records, mm-hmm. um, because it helps us, you know, get the artist exposure and a little bit of money, mm-hmm. um, and this keeps us in the market as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, our shows are being—they're growing here in San Diego. When mm-hmm. we, I've only been here for a year, and it's been hard to get into the market, but we've managed to do it pretty well and play at quite a few venues um, because we try and do things properly and. Uh, provide good entertainment and talented people so uh, i think that's a it, it's the show seems hard here because a lot of people don't like to pay first of all and um you know myself and our guys are, are shouldn't work for free you know it's yeah 
this is their lives like this is their talent this is you know they should be supported for what they do because they're they're giving you everything surely like a venue can fork out a couple bucks to make their money back right, easily right. like you know um and it's just gotten way out of hand so i've when i first got here i was doing shows pretty much once a month and then i've stepped if not twice a month and i stepped right back just to make sure um we tightened up to only work with um more respectable venues and right uh get everyone on track a little bit better financially yeah so uh so we're looking you're doing focusing right now more on label-based shows than just dirty disciple shows yeah i mean i've played over the last two weekends uh and um they were good mm-hmm. a week ago on saturday i played up at fullerton uh as a headline act at a club called Back Alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was good, dude. That was pumping. That place was awesome. Nice. Um, and then we just did Eternal uh, on Saturday. Eternal Music Festival? Um, so so yeah. the 13th is our next Noise Cartel Records show at the Murrow. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? I believe so. Okay. So we're going to have a good lineup for that. Uh, it's going to be an electronic... Uh, live electronic show um and then following that we have on the uh, what day is the 13th 13th of may what day is that's a wednesday nice and then we have a friday uh the 22nd of may at the ac lounge nice um did i finish the lineup for that i think we i think we got it together i have to double check who i've got on it though so i mean that's a month away still uh, for this month, there's there's not too much. I'm sort of looking for a little bit of stuff for, for myself. Yeah. Um, just to do a show here and there, but I have a lot on my plate right now. So Yeah, you do. You I'm definitely trying do. To, like the label's soaring ahead very quickly, and I'm trying to keep on top of that. Yeah. Man, well, I know you're always super, super duper busy, man, and I appreciate you taking the time to stop by. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? That's all good. Thanks for having me. Anything for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me at, um, well, I'd rather you find the label. <laughs> so you go to noisecartelrecords.com, N-O-I-Z-E. Um, you can find us at facebook.com slash noisecartelrecords. Um, if you just do a Google search for Noise Cartel Records, you'll find a lot of stuff and all our artist material. Um, and if you want to find me, uh, you can Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Dirty Disciple. Hell yeah. I have other stuff too, but yeah. <laughs> find the label. Hell yeah. <laughs> find the label. The rest is there. The rest will follow. Dude, Matt, thanks so much, brother. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Matt Alcovia, a.k.a. Dirty Disciple. My guest this week on the Raji Rabbit and Friends podcast. Remember, if you're watching this on Vimeo or YouTube, subscribe on iTunes if you want to hear the audio version of my stuff. Also, there are other episodes, previous episodes, that were not in video. So you got about like 17 of them that you have not been able to hear yet uh, because they are not up on YouTube or anything yet. Um, Working on getting those transferred over, just trying to make them kind of interesting with the visuals so it's not just one static photo. But that takes time, and time is money, and I need some. So please, if you feel like it, buy my music, 
through Noise Cartel Records, which is all on iTunes. Uh, and Or you can just give me some money in a tip jar on Vimeo, because that would be awesome. I appreciate it. I don't stand on the street. I don't stand on the <laughs> corner asking for money, you know? Because I'm not going to spend it on booze. I'm not going to spend it on a magic marker to write, hey, here's something funny. Need, <laughs> need money for, for hookers and blow. There's a guy, there's a homeless guy out here who's got funny signs like that. I'm like, dude, fuck you, man. Like, that's crazy. You know, <laughs> like, go get a job, you know, or, or do something. I don't know. They bother you a lot around here in downtown San Diego. But anyway, um, not... I'm going to do the sign thing. Just going to say, hey, please donate money to me on Vimeo. Keep these projects going so we can get new badass cameras and, you know, all sorts of cool shit, you know. Or, or support us by through buying the music. iTunes. Got a song with D-Lod. Got a song, uh, you know, that I just put out, sub to hear it. That got, that got on BPM Supreme. Ah, nice. Cool. Yeah, so distribution platform for DJs. Anyways, Matt, thanks so much for stopping through. Yeah. Subscribe. And we'll see you guys next week. The Raji Rabbit and Friends podcast. And support independent music. Yeah.